Getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Arsenal's Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is an Arsenal history podcast. This time we are looking at the era of 1953 to 1986. Terry Neal, uh, Bertie Mee, uh, the first double and much, much more. I am joined today by old man Trev. Uh, we're coordinated in our outfits. Uh, he wanted to change, but he's, you know, a bit of a, you know, what he's like. And also uh, our Arsenal historians, uh, Mark and Andy. Um, love your top. Love your top, Trev. Listen, don't start about the top, folks, because I'll go and change. I don't want to be associated with you too much. The, the podcast is enough. Any more than that, and we're done. She wore all the apparel. She got all the happy, and I'm only double advertising tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Gareth, Gareth, we, we 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 definitely need some like kudos for this. This is this is some hell of advertising that we're doing for you. So like you know, uh, I I do want to retweet. I do want to you know a special mention on Twitter for us. Uh, Mark, might, how are you? You might want to get, get his name right first. Yeah, it's Gavin. Yeah. It's Gavin. It's Gavin. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Gavin. My apologies. That's why he's been charging me double all this time, is it? Yeah. Most likely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, ne- ne- names have never been my strong point. Uh, Michael, how are you doing? That's like listening to me mum, because my brother's name's Michael. Whenever I call her, it's oh, how are you? Uh, you know, Andrew told me the other day, I am Andrew. You were, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't, 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 I could go on for hours about uh, mums and getting names wrong. With my yeah. children, I did the same thing. It's terrible. I know it's, it, it, I think it's old age and probably um, alcohol abuse or something like that. Maybe I don't know. So, listen, guys, um, this is our third, fourth. Uh, incarnation of um, the Arsenal history. We're looking at 1953 to 1986. Um, it was a a bit of a barren spell in some in in some ways for Arsenal. Uh, we'd won the league in 1953, which we talked about uh, the last time. We did get to some finals and semi-finals, which we'll talk about, uh, and we didn't win anything until uh, 1971. Um, but the, you know the, the <laughs> The thing I've found and I've loved by doing this with you guys is, I'm as as I've said before, I'm a bit of a newbie to to Arsenal in the sense in comparison to you other three. I've been supporting Arsenal since very early nineties, um, and you know I, I I think of myself as like yeah I'm I'm old in the tooth. I know I know my history, but I've learnt so much and so many interesting things. I didn't realise the things about what happened in the war. I didn't realise about the stuff about Norris and, and, and Chapman. Uh, and, and that's been interesting. And, and this one, I've got a few a few little gems on here. The first one was Arsenal versus Manchester United. Uh, the Busby Babes, Manchester United. Uh, we lost to them 5-4 only five days before the Munich air disaster. Uh, regardless of your affiliation of who you support, uh, nobody wants to see uh, any, any, pa- uh, any players... You know, people uh, getting wiped out like that. Andy, do you do you want to do you want to open on that one? What's what's your thoughts on on that game and what do you know around that sort of time? Well, yeah, so for the people that I know that went to the game, my dad was one of them. They, you know, they all say it's probably one of the greatest games of football ever. You know, it, it was backwards and forwards. Manchester United were like the the the, the best team in the country by far at that time. And um, we were having a bit of a rough patch. I think we'd been knocked out of the FA Cup earlier in the season by Northampton. And, and unusually, the, the editorial in the Arsenal programme ripped into the players. So, uh, things were, were not going too well. But um, in this game, we, we gave them, you know, gave as good as we got. And, you know, coming out of it with a, with a 5-4 defeat was actually was, was quite a good game or good result for us at the end of the day. It's, it's especially when we're losing three nil at half time. Yeah, exactly. But the uh, you know it was just one of them things that the players uh, got together and and they came back and, and made a, a real good game of it in the second half. And, and people talk about the, the great Manchester United team that that, that was sadly uh, decimated a few days later. You know the likes of Duncan Edwards, 
uh, and Mark Jones and 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 Tommy Taylor. Um, you know, we're all, we're, you know, they they all lost them. Uh, and the, and the rest of the team was so badly injured that they struggled for the rest of the season. Manchester United they reached the FA Cup final, but they they were allowed to sign players um, that had already played in the FA Cup. So they, they were allowed to sign cup tied players to replace the players that they'd lost that season. So you know everyone was looking out for them. But with regards to Arsenal, we you know we were in a, a bit of a, a tight spot at the time. We'd um, you know we'd lost um, Tom Whitaker the year before. And he died in post, sadly. Um, like he, like his mentor, Her, Howard, um, Herbert Chapman. But he just put too much into the club. You know, he, he suffered from ill health for the last year, 18 months of his time there. And Jack Crayston, his assistant, was in charge of the team for quite a long time before he was actually made permanent manager. And that was in 57-58. Andy, that, that's about that season when we played Man United it's unfortunately about the only memorable thing for the Arsenal from that season, isn't it? There weren't a lot else that we want to, that we want to think about. And it was Not really so, so sad because that Man United team weren't only a very good side. They were a young side, weren't they? They were mm. a very young side that were going to get better. And uh, it's yeah. so, so I sad. Think, I think they'd won the league the previous season and went on to win it that season, even though, you know, they, they lost all them players at that, that time. So, and, um, you know, I might have to have a look. I know that they won the league a couple of times on the trot and they were doing well in Europe as well, which was, you know, quite a thing because at that time, air flight, you know, flying around Europe was quite a drag. Yeah. Now, mm. in, in mm. 58, they finished, they finished ninth, mate. In the following year, in 59, oh. yeah. in 58, they finished ninth and in 59, they finished second, mate. All oh, right. Yeah, so it must have been the two years before that that they, they won the league. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, Mark, yeah. Mark, Mark, your thoughts? Go on. Yeah. Go, go, Mark. Yeah, yeah, that's no, right. The two years before that, they 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 won the league. Um, and then, as 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 Trevor alluded, not much happened until 1966. England uh, won the World Cup in 1966, uh, and Bertie Mee was appointed as an Arsenal manager in 1966. He joined Arsenal in 1960 as a physiotherapist and succeeded Billy uh, Milne. Is that right. how I pronounce it? Oh, right. Sorry, as yeah. a physio, yeah, Billy Milne. And Milne had been there for yeah. years as well. He'd been there since been there the Yeah, He'd been there since the end of the First World War. Mm. And so he led years. us to our... He, he led us to our, uh, you know what, I've actually got my notes here and I've highlighted and I can't even read under it. But he did leave, lead us to um, subsequent uh, uh, cup finals and, you know, in 60, was it 68? I know we don't want to particularly go into some of the negative stuff, but it, it's still history. Uh, was it 68 against? Leeds. It was 68 against. Come on, Leeds. 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 Yeah. Dirty Leeds. Cup final. Dirty Leeds. Jack Charlton trod on someone's foot before the before the goal. The goalie, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then Swindon, the, the Swindon mud bath, wasn't it? Because they had the um the, the horse show. Well, the apparently they the apparently they didn't. Someone oh, didn't they? Mentioned that a little while ago that it wasn't the horse of the year show. Oh right. Was on there. Yeah. Really? It's oh, been something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it must be. Yeah, it must have been something. Obviously, the, the pitch was in an awful state. And Arsenal and players were suffering from flu. And in the following year, we saw. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I, I missed that one. Sorry. So they had Don Rogers who won the game for them, Swindon. So that was, you know, in 1969. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, on more positives, uh, the next season saw a breakthrough uh, for Arsenal. First competitive European trophy in 1968-69 in the Intercity Fairs Cup. Now, um, enlighten me, uh, uh, Mark, about the Fairs Cup. What would it be the equivalent to in today's I, I i know it's one of our like so you, it's, European the, it's four of the uefa uefa cups so that'd be europa league effective effectively europa league okay yeah. what you gotta remember and, Fergus, is that in those days mate only only one team went into the champions league yes it weren't four or five teams from each country like now your champions from each country went in the champions yeah. league and it was a straight knockout 
and the runners-up or the third place team or or the FA Cup team, these boys will know, went into the first cup, which is became the UEFA Cup, which became like the Europa League. But it's a hard comparison to make to nowadays because, as I yeah. say, in mm. those days, only the champions from each country played in the top European competition, not the four or five you get now, mate. Okay, yeah, I, 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 I do remember in my in my youth um, watching like the likes of the Cup Winners Cup and the Euro- and the and the European Cup, uh, and not in the format they're in now, and now being even watered down even more with Europa Europa Conference League and so on. We're talking about this game. Uh, we were losing uh, the first leg, Andy, uh, trailing Andelect three uh, nil um, in the first cup final. Um, we threw ourselves a, a lifeline with Ray Kennedy's late away goal. Do you want to talk mm-hmm. us through uh, your memories of this 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 game, this goal? And I expect uh, you were only a young lad around then yeah, as well. Personally, you? I don't remember too much about it. I was I was only two yep. years old at the time. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so we, we we had a good run, uh, a fairly easy run to start off with. We played you know some easy teams and gave them you know, a couple of whom we beat quite heavily. Um, and then in the semi-finals, we played Ajax, who were uh, a team sort of like, you know, a few years later, they won the uh, European Cup three years on the trot. And they had the likes of Cruyff in there. So beating them in the semi-final was, it showed how good we actually were. Mm. Yeah. Um, going to uh, the, the, the finals played in two legs, unlike, over two legs, unlike it is nowadays. Um, the first leg was away in Belgium. Um and the you know, Anderlecht were a very, very good team at the time. And uh, they went 3-0 up. And uh, I imagine any, there was probably a, quite a few Arsenal fans that actually went over there at the time. They, should, they were probably thinking at the time, well, that's it. But um, Dirty Me made a, an inspired substitution, brought Ray Kennedy on quite late in the game. And he scored a goal uh, quite late. And, and that gave us um, something to go for because obviously we've now got an away goal and like many years later, we needed a 2-0 win um, to, to win the trophy. So um, we came back to Highbury. And as much as people have said the Man United game in 57-58 was the greatest game they've seen, people that went to the second leg of the first cup final say it was the greatest atmosphere ever at an Arsenal game. So, you know, you've got pushing 60,000 Arsenal fans in Highbury Um and we we scored a goal that then means that we've only got to score another goal, uh, and you know we managed to get a second goal, and then just to seal it, we we came back and we scored a yet another goal three nil. So we win four three on aggregate, uh, four three um, over the two legs, and then you know, the, the crowd erupted. And you know I don't know if you've seen photographs after the game, but the, the pitch is just a mass of fans. Players are trying to get off the pitch. They're being hoisted up in the air, shirts ripped off their backs. It's, it, do you know what, Fergus? What the boys are talking about here is, it, it's quite, I'm really sad about it, right? About Because, it, well, not in the first instance, that 3-0 win at home spawned the great song, didn't it? And Kelly and Radford and Samuels made sure that the Fairs mm. Cup was won. And, and, and I didn't go to my first game until the following season. I went to my first game in... in December, uh, December 1970. So I, I, I can't remember that anything about that Andelect win. And it's one of my greatest regrets. I know you shouldn't wish your life away. It's one of my greatest regrets that I can't remember what the game that people told me was the greatest they ever saw at Ivory when I'm so close to seeing it, you know, so mm-hmm. close to seeing it. My, my, my memories. And yet I can remember vividly the 71 Cup final, vividly. I've got every memory of it, you know. So it's strange. So, Mark, Mark, when when's your you know when's your first memory? When does your memory really kick in solidly about the Arsenal, mate? And then Andy, you can answer the same question after. Well, in 1970, I was in Australia, living in Australia, and we'd come back sort of Octoberish. My first memory is is actually the um, the FA Cup final, to be honest. Seventy one. Yeah. How old are you then, mate, if you don't mind me asking? 20 what? What then? I was six in 1970. Yeah, so you're a couple of years younger than me, yeah. Um, Although I looked up to four, I must say, but so, <laughs> yeah. 
so yeah so i don't remember you know i was living you know i was, I was young in australia so i didn't have any thing my yeah. dad's arsenal like andy's um uh, so it, it literally was and you like you i can remember a hell of a lot about the 71 cup final even though i was seven then um but i just you know i just you just remember things don't you yeah, I just can't remember 70. I wish I could. What about you, Andy? When was you when's your memory really kick in solidly about your experiences at Arsenal? Just going back, the first one that I can remember is the 71 Cup final. But I can't I don't remember anything about the game. I can remember being at home and my brother and my dad were watching it and I was coming up for four years old and I wasn't really that interested in it. And they were telling me constantly to get out of the way of the television. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm yeah. I'm pretty certain that uh, my brother and my sister took me down to see the parade the following day. Yeah. Uh, what they were doing, taking, you know, their three-year-old brother down there, I just don't know, because it was packed. And um, yeah. But but the first thing, the first time that I can remember sort of like for, you know, everything was uh, 75, 76 when I started going. So something happened in the summer of 75. I remember bits about 74, 75, losing to West Ham in an FA Cup game. Yeah. And writing about it at school but it was 75 76 when my brother started taking me regularly and i can remember so much about that season yeah you know you know yeah. standing before, on the service yeah before yeah. we jump ahead to to post 71 uh, bertie me won the double in uh 71 the fa cup and um the uh the the first division uh, a, a huge feat it's it was he's most uh, best accolade, and you had Champagne, uh, Charlie George, uh, and doing doing a Ramsey, as I like to call it in the modern day. No, there's the other way, other way around, boys. Don't worry. Um, but you know, uh, <laughs> but um, let's let's talk about that game. Like we played, we played Liverpool in the final. It was the eighth of May. It was a balmy uh, bank holiday weekend, I believe, um, uh, at Wembley, the old Wembley, and Trevor's ticket. He still got. It's not uh, my ticket. That's H. one I bought, Fergus. I must stress that I do collect tickets and programs, mate, uh, and I don't want to claim that that was my ticket in the game I went to because that's very naughty people that do that. And so I must say no, that that's I, I bought. <laughs> it to add to my collection, yeah. I know I could pass it off as your ticket, uh, Trev, but I am just doing it as a little bit of a wind-up, you know that. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the double-winning side. Let's talk about uh, Charlie George. Let's talk about George Graham. Let's talk about some of the superstars there. Mark, who who who, who stood out for you in that performance, in that double-winning season? And what games stand out that you can recall from your research? Well, I mean, there's there's, there's quite a lot in there, really. Um I mean, I, I don't I, know. I was going to be born in '71. Well, <laughs> I, I think, to be honest, I, I think I think the game that probably spurred them on the most was getting stuffed by Stoke five nil near the start of the season. Because yeah. they all say the same thing. They all said, "Well, it was a bit of a shock to the system." We went there expecting to win because you know we were right. We were riding high even then, um, mm -hmm. and and they just got absolutely mullered. You know, there was no there was no rhyme or reason for it. It was just a really really bad day at the office. Um, Enough that in that was down. Do you know, Mark? I can. I, I hadn't been to my first game then, but my uncle Pat kept promising me he was going to take me. Yeah. But I can remember my granddad saying to me that day. I can remember it vividly. I, can, I don't know why you remember these little things from mm. like nearly fifty years ago now. But my old grand, my granddad said to me, "God rest him." He said, "You lost five nil, son, and you want to go and watch the Arsenal." He was a Tottenham <laughs> fan. <player. laughs> <laughs> you lost five nil, and you want to go. And, you want to go and watch the Arsenal? He said, Bob Wilson won't play again this season. He's done his back in. Keep picking the ball up out the net. <laughs> why, why do you remember these things, lads? You know, why is that stuck in, you know, and everything else disappears out, you know? Yeah. It's strange, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, then, if you, if you can go on YouTube and find that game and see Stokes' five goals, they were absolute crackers, all five of them. You watch yeah. it and think, wow, yeah, they, they deserve to win that 5-0. That was the thing. They did deserve to win by a big margin, didn't they? It wasn't yeah. just like a fluke. It was yeah. like they absolutely stuck. You know, we were giving the right stuff in. Yeah. And then, right, and oh, then, boy, boys, sorry, now. Fergus. Sorry, Fergus, but we're getting into my era, mate. And I'm really honest, right? It's making the airs on the back of my neck stand on end, thinking about these early days of being an Arsenal fan. So I'm sorry if I've cut you off, mate. 
But just before we talk about the final, I, it, it, on December the 12th, I finally got round to going to watch. My uncle took me, right? He got us two seats, unreserved seats in the West Lower. I've mm. still got the two tickets and the programme from that game, my first game. And I could still, there's another thing I can remember vividly. And, and with, I, everyone's done it. I've watched my kids do it when I've taken them. You go into that stadium as a young kid and you don't know what you're expecting. And your jaw, it's the floor, doesn't it? Because mm. this carpet of green and all these people in this 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 immaculate place called we called Ivory, you know, and and it's it just makes me it sends a shiver down my spine the the greatness of it. And to, I'll, I'll, I'll ten more seconds, Fergus, because I like to quote the great the great Bobby Robson here, Sir Bobby Robson, the ex England manager, because he said a thing, didn't he, about when when you're a kid, you grow up, and you get taken to your first ever game. And you walk up the stairs and you see that patch of green for the first time. And without realising it and without being able to help it, you fall in love with your club, don't you? You fall in love mm. and you're stuck with it. And real fans are stuck with that for the rest of their days, you know? And yeah. that sums me up perfectly. What a wonderful year it was. Here you go. I've got it for people watching the video. There's the first goal by Stoke. And uh, yeah, it was a, a well-worked goal. Uh, there, if this is the game, is it? I haven't found the wrong one, boys. Have I? I, I don't think Stoke have beaten us 5 0 many times. No, no, no they haven't. Oh, I don't want to watch no. that. You shouldn't say that off now. <laughs> that, that, that's fine, that it can come off now anyway. So, I was just, I was just uh, demonstrating that we could do it for you. So, I mean, the, uh, the other thing I, I actually remember from, from what I mean, actually, uh, saying about the FA Cup is I do actually remember when we lost to we did lose to Leeds, didn't we? 1 0. Was it 1 0? Yeah. And they had a really, yeah. really dodgy offside. They had a dodgy offside goal, and then the same thing happened to get to them to West Brom, didn't it? That's right. Yeah. There was a load of, and I was thinking, oh, what's going on? Yeah, I'm not very old. I think, what's going on here? All these goals are both side. Um, but it was just amazing that we caught them up, really, because you know yeah. they were a really good, really, really, really top team. Um, and, but, and 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 that, and that that team that uh, won the double in '71. How long were they in the making? And, you know, they, they come close in 68, 69. Uh, you know, who who, who were the, the top most outstanding players that you could say in there? Obviously, Charlie George, everyone talks about, and he's still with the club now. Andy, do you want to, do you want to come back to us on that one? Well, really, it, it was a team. Mm. You know, it wasn't... It, yeah. Yeah, Charlie George was the, 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 the like, the, the idol of the North yeah. Bank, but the rest of them were such a unit. And you Absolutely. saw that towards the end of the season where they had to go out and they had so many games to play because you know, they've got the FA Cup that they're concentrating on as well. And they had a few replays in there and they're still in the Fairs Cup as well. So they've got yeah. European games to fit in. Yeah. Um, and, the, and, and they're sort of like quite, there was a very small squad as well. I think yeah. we used about 16 players and only a couple of them, a couple of them only played a handful of games. So it was yeah. the same team playing week in, week out and so you know they're going out and, and they've got to win a game and they'll go out and they'll win one nil the amount of yeah, exactly. one and two ones you know games that were very close towards the end of the season is incredible they did they did what they had to do you know it's very yeah. much like the 1991 1991 season for those that are a bit younger and can remember that you know so but you know frank mcclintock was obviously the the one that that probably held it all together on the pitch as the captain yeah. And if you go to any event where Frank McClintock is there with any of his teammates from that time, mm. they always, you know, refer to him as my captain. You know, Frank is the man. Yeah. But the rest of the yeah. players, they they all they were all in the right place at the right time. Pat Rice had only just come in at the beginning of the season to take over. For, I think he took over right back from Peter Story. I think Story started the season yeah. at right back. And there was a few yeah. little things that happened at the beginning of the season. Charlie George broke his ankle in the first game of the season, which didn't help. And that yeah. brought in Ray Kennedy. And Ray Kennedy ended up being top scorer. Him and Radford had a, a, a great partnership mm. together up front. And then Story had moved into midfield as the enforcer. You know, and it, it, they, they all seemed to, it, it, very early on in the season, a couple of little things happened and they all just clicked into place. You know, and yeah. as Mark said, Leeds were a great team at the time and they were always up there and we were, you know, perhaps a point behind them or level with them. It was neck and neck yeah. with us all, with us and them all the way. So you've got that pressure <laughs> of this 
you know, competing with this great Leeds team and then all these other games coming on at the end of the season. You know, the, the semi-final against Stoke, we drew that the first game. We were 2-0 down. And so oh, we're 2-0 down. We saved us. Yeah. Um, you know, we, and we, we got, we're 2-1 down in the last minute and we get a penalty. And so, you know, can you imagine playing, playing, take, having to take that penalty? This could be the season, the, 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 the shot that could make or break the season, especially as we were still behind Leeds in the league. And, you know, I called Peter Story against Gordon Banks, the greatest goalkeeper in the world. You know, sent in the wrong way. Brilliant. And that, again, was probably another game that said to them, you know, where Bertie, me and Don Al said to them, look, this is our season. Mm-hmm. And so it's saying that Don Howe's probably... Um, one of the one of the uh, the great parts of the team as well. You know, he was a fantastic coach. Yeah, yeah. was indeed. Mark, are you going to say something? Mark, do you want to talk about this seventy one season before I butt in again with our mate Fergus and, and say a couple of things? Because I'm, I'm no, I mean, excited. Season. It, look, looking at looking at it, when you as Andy said, there was a few changes, but one of the big changes always always. Uh, it, I didn't realise it, obviously didn't remember it at the time. When you look at it, the first 18 or 19 games, I think um, Roberts played at centre-half because Simpson was injured. And then and then basically, um, Simpson came back and that was it. He played all the games from that. But it, it was just, as Andy said, it was just a team. You know, one player was playing well and Roberts wasn't a bad player, but Simpson was a much better player. Should have played for England. Um, yeah. He... he um, you know, he just he just fitted straight in, and that was it. it you know, it was it was just like it was seamless. There was no changes, no here, none of that. Um, and I say Roberts couldn't get back in because Simpson was playing so well. But the team, it was as you say, it was a team effort. It wasn't a superstar scenario. You know, it wasn't a superstar scenario. They were just a great yeah. team. Fergus, that double with Fergus. It was a really listen, it, it was a really interesting question you asked about who was a superstar, and it deserves a little more time because. If, if we're yeah. honest, Charlie George became a superstar because he scored the goal in the final that won it against Liverpool. But there weren't any stars. If you, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, but if you think about the international caps won by all the players in that 70-71 team, none of them got many. I would think, apart from probably Rice, who went went on as an older player to get a bucket load for for Ireland. Mm-hmm. None of them were in double figures, I don't think, for international caps. There were no superstars. I mean, even Charlie George only got one cap for England because he told Don Revy where to stick his international call-ups. Mm. You know, so there w- that that was key to it, mate. There were no stars. I think they were a team, and they were they were a bunch of players. And it's also worth remembering as well, Fergus. That I'm looking at the boys' book here. Mm. That's the, you didn't play no reserve teams in the League Cup and the, the early rounds of the Fairs Cup in them days. Your first team played every week. We played 64 games that season, Fergus. And a good few of the players played in every single game. Armstrong played in every game. The great George Armstrong, the most one of the most unlucky players never to get an England cap. Mm-hmm. Fine man and a gentleman as well. I never met him, but having heard all about him, you just know he was a gentleman, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that was the key to it, I believe. There weren't any superstars, Fergus. It was just a team of, of good players that gelled together and played with each other as a team. Yeah. And, and if fingers get, crossed. If you, get, if you get a chance, there's a book called 71 Guns by David Tossell. I've um, got it, yeah. One of the best books about the Arsenal ever. You know, he's interviewed all the players and he goes through the whole season and they, they, they describe certain things to him. And, you know, they, they were taking painkilling injections because they didn't want to miss a game. Yeah, yeah exactly. they, they were hiding injuries from the from Bertie, me, and Don Al because they didn't want to miss a game. Yeah, and yeah, but the, the the whole of the book is one that you you just read and read and read. It's you know you can't put it down. Yeah, it's a cracking. I'll read Fergus if you want to look at it, mate. <laughs> it's a bit difficult to get hold of nowadays, I think, isn't it, boys? I should imagine it's easy, fairly easy on eBay. I should. Imagine. All right, then. Just yeah. I thought it'd been too long before you put me in my place. So. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't take much. That listen, that yeah. double winning signing was uh, side was broken up uh, quite soon, and for the rest of the decade, we didn't really achieve a huge ma- amount. We were runners up in seventy two of the FA Cup, runners we up in seventy three season. 
Sorry? We were unlucky in 72. Our, our great goalkeeper got injured. Bob Wilson got injured. Mm. And uh, a lad called Jeff Barnett, who died earlier this year, Fergus, a goalkeeper called Jeff Barnett, who I, I used to see play a lot for the Arsenal because in them days, not only did you go to the first team games at Ivory, when the first team were away every other Saturday, the reserves played all their own games at Ivory. And as a youngster, it was a pleasure going to the reserve games because there weren't much of a crowd. You could get close to the players. And, and it was nice. You were comfortable as a kid, you know. And I used to watch Jeff Barnett play football, play for Arsenal reserves a lot. And uh, Bob Wilson got injured and Jeff Barnett played in the final. Didn't have a chance with a goal, I don't think. But it was like a... See, they always show that clip, don't they? Because it was a dive. He sort of had his legs open, his arms open when Jeff Barnett dived and for the ball, but it went past him and we lost the final to the dirtiest Leeds team that ever set foot on this planet. One nil. I know we're dirty. They were hard for a 72 Leeds team, excuse me. Or mm. Fergus. If if they played one half of football as a team now in this current climate of football, they wouldn't have four or five players left on the field, mate. Honestly, Fergus. Mm -hmm. Am I right, boys? Am I right, Mark? You're right. Hundred percent, mate. Giles, Bremner. You know, I mean, you, you know, Hunter, yeah. Charlton. Yeah. Charlton yeah. <laughs> was it? You was, it Norman Hunter, was it Norman Hunter that got knocked out by little Franny Lee? Was yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> little Franny Lee about two foot shorter than him. Give him a big right and knocked him out. <laughs> And then Billy, Bremner and Billy Bremner and Kevin Keegan got sent off in the charity shield for fighting, didn't they? Trading yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Fergus. It, Carry on, my friend. It's, it's just a uh, completely different era of football, but you can't say anything against uh, Jack Charlton for me. I'm Irish, so but the pressure, man. Um, again, first uh, division runners up in 72, 73, and in 76, the year that you come into when you were talking about you started going, Mark, Terry Neal succeeded me. At age 34, he became the youngest manager to date, obviously. Uh, I think has Arteta superseded uh, well, him or not? Sorry, no. Okay, not, this is why we do this. Leslie Knighton in 1919 was younger than um, Terry Neal, as was okay. Phil Kelso, who was, uh, who was the manager who got Arsenal promoted in 1904. Okay. Don't trust okay. Wikipedia. And he uh, listen, was the like I, I, manager we ever had. You are, Which mate? one? Knighton or? Kel Kelso. 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 He, he didn't take any nonsense from anyone. He was brilliant. Listen, got you don't, tr again. Don't, don't trust Wiki. I've got, to, I've got to get some of the talking points from somewhere. So, And you can correct me all you like because you, you guys know more. Um, so he wasn't the youngest manager, but he was only 34, which was quite young to be a manager then. Uh, he mm. signed uh, new players like Malcolm McDonald. Uh, I think that's the man that Trevor spoken to me before about the guy with the bandy legs. Is it? Or am yeah, I getting the wrong? Yeah. He had the bandiest legs you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. But he was quick. Do you remember him mm. on Superstars? Yeah. Like, what a sprint yeah. race! He's, he used to be yeah. as quick as you like. He was Malcolm McDonald. But yeah, he had these big bandy legs. Yeah. Former Tottenham keeper who had played 472 appearances down the road, Pat Jennings, and a crop of talent like Liam Brady. Uh, a superhero in green and in red and white. Uh, one of the first players to to make it overseas. Uh, and Frank Stapleton, who uh, left us to be a Judas and got to Man United, my brother's side. So uh, talk and a little bit about those... Forget, let's not forget the other fantastic Go Irish player, David O'Leary. Absolutely, yes. Came into the, the first team as a 17-year-old at the beginning of the 75-76 season and put the, you know, the other... First team is to shame. It was fantastic. And we're still playing in 89. Yeah. Yeah. And scored a winning pen penalty against Romania from yeah. Ireland in the World Cup quarterfinal. Oh, I went through a ceiling that day. <laughs> <laughs> Never knew that, Fergus, for some reason. It's, it's the only penalty he ever sco played for, play, uh, scored for Ireland because uh, Jack Charlton wouldn't play him. He didn't play him throughout the tournament. And uh, for some, I can't remember the reason, but for some untold reason, he was playing. We got the penalties and he stood up and took the final penalty and uh, the rest is history. Um, yeah. You think only um, Charles for some reason? No, no. I think it was just a clash of personalities. Um, and, and actually, we could expand a little bit on Leary a little bit, because if you look at his management career, he went uh, to Leeds, got loads of money at Leeds. Um, 
and uh, did reasonably well. Got them, was it the semi-finals at the Champions League? Mm-hmm. But then went on to um, Aston Villa. And I, I, I don't want to speak ill of him, but it, it would seem that he put people's noses out of joint or got above his station in some way or another. And he's now just disappeared into the background. And there has been talks about him being linked back into uh, people wanting him back in the boardroom at the current Arsenal setup, uh, Mark, what would your thoughts on that be? And then I'll, I'll go to you, Andy. Um, I, 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 I honestly don't know. I mean, okay. he was a great player. I loved, used to love watching him. Uh, and as Trevor said, I mean, he, actually, he was he was there till '93, so he's yeah. he was there a long, long. You know, his last game was the FA Cup final that we won in '93. Um, I, 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 you don't know what goes on behind the scenes, do you? Because you're not, we, we, you know, we're not there. Um, I, I'd quite like to see him. There's a figurehead who didn't do a great deal, but it was a figurehead. I, you know, I, I, I really liked him, um, but you know, you, you just you just don't know what's best for the what's best, do you? In that type of thing, because you really don't know and how they no, get. We don't. We don't. Yeah, you know, we see them as players, but we don't see them as as other as you know as as beings off there, do we? You know, exactly right. I, I can give you a little anecdote afterwards, but Andy, Andy, your, your thoughts on O'Leary and. and... He, he does seem to be quite in with the Arsenal board at the moment. You see him quite a lot at, at games. Uh, even I think during the pandemic, he was uh, at, at one of the games. But you know, he's he's obviously there's obviously something happening there. Uh, but I, I I love him anyway. You know, because mm. he, he was like one of my first heroes. He, he was you know he'd come in at, as a young player when I first started going. But also a few years ago when uh, the '89 film was released that covered the 1988-89 season. I was lucky enough to go to a Q&A session with a number of the players, with some, some other bloggers. I was, uh, it was Gav from She Wall that asked me if I could go along and represent his blog. Ga- Gareth and, or uh, Gavin? I just want, Gavin. I want to clarify which one. Gavin, definitely. <laughs> He's Gavin. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> one of the players was David O'Leary. So there was sort of like half a dozen of us there and we all get to ask a question or two. And just listening to him speak, to him speak, yeah, you know, I could have listened to him for hours and hours. You know, he, he talks so well, and he's got you know such a fantastic soothing Irish accent. It was like he was, you know, stroking the back of your head. That's what his accent was doing to you. And you think, oh, I could listen to this all. And you know, he was, he was very honest about everything as well. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to see him involved in in the Arsenal. He's 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 been he's he's done everything else within the game. So you think he, you know, he's quite an intelligent bloke. You can tell, you know, you know he's an intelligent fellow. So I think he'd be good for the Arsenal. I, I was uh, fortunate enough. I, I used to sell cars many, many years ago, and uh, I was a sales manager in in a car dealership when his mother and father-in-law came in, and uh, I was in Enfield area, and uh, they bought this car and said, "Oh yeah, so so what's your football team?" I said, "Well, I'm an Arsenal fan." I said, "My son's really big into Arsenal and and the family and everything else." Oh right, yeah, yeah. I said, "Oh well, you won't believe it." He said, um, "My daughter is married to David O'Leary." I said, you're joking. He said, yeah. I said, oh, you, the story how they met. She liked um, horse riding and uh, they had some contacts with the physio team or something like that in um, in Arsenal. And she had injured herself when she was 18, 20 years of age uh, and come off a horse. And because they knew the contacts at Arsenal, I said, I'll bring her down and we'll we'll get her seen to and everything else. Well, Leary was injured and he had just come out of the treatment room as as he came out of the treatment room he bumped into her and the rest is history so yeah it was just it's a tiny little claim to fame but yeah <laughs> i was expecting trevor to jump in with the irish accent thing saying that i don't probably have one anymore or something like that and you know but he we let him move on we let him move on we don't but i was trying to stay awake focus to be honest because you know <laughs> 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 in, in, in fairness, O'Leary does have one of them voices, doesn't he? That sort of puts yeah. you straight away. And from my perspective, uh, yeah, he upset a few Arsenal fans, but he's a massive servant of our club on the field. Mm-hmm. He never let us down in one game, did he? Mm-hmm. He played yeah. over five hundred games. Was it boys over? Well over seven hundred. Seven hundred games. Yeah, in, in all competitions. Yeah, seven hundred games in all competitions. Man never let us down. Man and boy never never chased the money, never chased the big move, mm-hmm. never moved away. Nothing but respect from me, David O'Leary, yep. to be honest. 
Mm-hmm. Hence why I wouldn't have an issue with him being involved in the club at this current moment in time. This one up to 1978 has come up to Christmas. Um, it's a couple of days before Christmas. And, you know, everybody's thinking, what do they want for Christmas? All we want for, for, for Christmas is to beat Tottenham 5-0. Sunderland on the first minute, the 38 and 82nd minute, and then Stapleton and Brady uh, chuck a couple in. Boys, uh, you'll remember this game. I'm a young uh, slip of a lad in Ireland. Uh, some of you may have been at it. Talk to me about this game, please. Uh, Trevor, you go first on this one. Well, you see... The, the, the story with because I was born and raised in Tottenham, as you well know, Fergus. And the story about this wing, the story, <laughs> about, the story about this five new wing begins two seasons earlier in 1977 when me as a 15 year old, I, I'm, I'm attending Northumberland Park School, which is right behind the Tottenham ground. So I used to have to get the, the bus up Tottenham High Road and get off a walk up Paxton Road every day to school. And, and I used to get in trouble all the time. Even the teachers hated me because I was an Arsenal fan. And then in 1977, <laughs> the greatest year of my life attending Northumberland Park School, Tottenham get relegated. Yeah, imagine. Get relegated. And so I'm, I'm in the element. I'm getting beaten up every other day by pupils and teachers because I'm in Tottenham laughing at them all. But I don't care. I'm relishing every minute. And then, so they go down for a season, then they come back up and they're, they're, they're giving it really big balls because they've come back up and they've had a few, they've beaten a few no, no, nothing teams in, in the, the second division as it was at the time and they've come back up and then we do them 5-0 in their first game but in their first season back up and and it's it, it's mass it's manic at uh, at Tottenham and uh and to Arsenal fans are everywhere and they're behind the park lane and and it was just wonderful to and to this day we sing we won 5-0 at the lane and we sing we won the league at YR lane twice but you know 71 and 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 it's just a, a massive great memory. The actual game itself, I can't remember a lot of, but in them days, you see, Fergus, so the games are difficult to remember from being there because you're in a crowd of the, the, the terraces. You're like that, you know, and you're swaying, and the, the six foot six bloke always comes and stands in front of you, and you get your stuff chucked at you by the opposition fans. So, you know, you try and take... And you can't walk because some coppers nicked the laces out of your Dr. Martins before you went in the ground. You know, so you, you sort of... It, you remember the day, but the actual game of football itself. But I will never, ever forget Liam Brady's wonderful goal. You know? Never forget in a million years that wonderful goal that topped it off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my word. I'll have to hand I, I over the that. I did have the video lined up, but I, I won't. Uh, guys, um, uh, Andy, I said to you before we came and just running through what we're going to talk about when we came to this point and I said um, on my notes that I had made that it was Terry um, Terry Neal's um, greatest performance as a manager in his seven years and you uh, said no. Talk about that game and the game that you think was his greatest performance, please. Well, well it's, it's hard to say. That, you know, my memory's fading a bit now from, from all the games. But possibly the seven 0 win against Leeds in the F, in the League Cup, and mainly for me because um, I had a, I went to school and I think there were two or three Leeds fans in my class. I went to Holloway School. It's full of Arsenal fans, and my class had two or three Leeds fans in there. And um, I, I used to live less than a mile from the ground, and on a good day you could hear that if the crowd was big enough, you could hear it cheering. I, I didn't go to that game, um, and. But I can remember the door, back door being open and kept hearing what I thought was crowd, the crowd cheering. And it kept happening. And I'm thinking, well, it can't be. It must be something else. You know, this is like about five or six now. And now, and then another one. And then it came on the news that we won 7-0. But reading reports about it, Alan Sunderland, he scored another hat-trick. Uh, and apparently, like, that was his, the best game that he'd ever played at Arsenal. But to win 7-0 and then go to school the following day and I've got these three Leeds fans. <laughs> he didn't have to say anything to them. No, nah, that, 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 that's bragging rights. That's bragging rights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 oh, so, yeah. being put right again by the boys. But f- for me, in those days, the League Cup meant something. The it League did, Cup yeah. was a proper competition. Yes, it did. Yeah, you know, it did. You, yeah. you didn't play no reserve players in the League Cup. You wanted to win it. And we, we, we yeah. struggled to win it ever since, really, didn't we? But... Mm. Well, quick question, question for you then, Trev. 
um, and, and, and the other guys. It, we wanted to win it because we had been pretty abject for 20, 30 years and winning, okay, a double, yes, and then uh, been there or thereabouts. So winning something, we never really achieving very much in Europe. Was that why the League Cup was mo uh, so important? And no. in modern time, no. uh, hang on, hang on no. one second. In modern time, has it been devalued because of the likes of the Champions League, Europa League, et cetera, et cetera? Who well, wants to come back? The, the thing with the League Cup was, was, all the clubs wanted to win it. You look at Liverpool's record in it at that period. It's like Man City now. They used to win the league and, and, the, and the League Cup. They weren't very good in the FA Cup for some reason. But Liverpool were brilliant in the League Cup as well. Everyone wanted to win it. Uh, I don't know when it, when it changed, but all of a sudden it was like, oh, the League Cup's not worth winning. Wasn't it? It, mm. it, it, yeah. it, it was sort of just, it was just overnight almost. It's like, oh, the League Cup, oh, well. Was, it, was, that, was um, that Fergie and Wenger and, 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 and that era of managers and Premier League? I, I, I think it was more the Premier League because okay. the, the money was making sure that you stayed in the Premier League. And I, I think Wolves did it a few years ago. That, and, and I don't think it was the League Cup. It might have been the FA Cup. But they fielded a weakened team Oxford, yeah. Yeah, in the FA Cup because they knew they got Man United coming up the following week. And they'd much rather put in a good performance against Man United and maybe get a draw than stay in the FA Cup because you win the FA Cup, you win not a lot and you go in now the Europa League, whereas you stay in the Premier League and you're guaranteed, you know, £50 million next season anyway, whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think it's probably more the Premier League that started to devalue the League Cup rather than the, the European competitions. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was, I was just interested because, I, 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 as you said, people wanted to, to compete in it. We, we, look, 78, we got to um, an FA Cup final. Um, it's one that we didn't uh, win. It was against Ipswich. We lost 1-0. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because Trevor was... This was for his 50th. Um, he was at that one. No, it was Trevor's Trevor's first FA Cup final. Trevor, talk to us about what it was like going to Wembley. Talk to us as... Uh, what would you have been, about 10 years of age? Fergus. Um, Fergus, you're on a fine line today. You're, yeah, you're, don't worry. I've always been on a fine line, line today, with you. My <laughs> 78 was my first cup final, and it was possibly the worst <laughs> performance I have ever seen from an Arsenal side mm. at Wembley against Ipswich Town. Mm. We were awful. Mm. Absolutely awful. We weren't we we, we hadn't had from what we hadn't had many replays to play, so we hadn't overly played the amount of games to make us tired, which was probably an excuse in in 79 and 80. But 78, Arsenal just didn't turn up. It was awful. It was the worst performance I've ever seen, I think, at Wembley. At Wembley. I don't think it was worse than 2011. Yeah, yeah, it was, mate. It was just... We, we lost 1-0 and we were, just didn't look like we were ever in the game, Mark. Oh, I remember it was, a sh it, it, was, it, it, was it was absolutely shocking. I mean, you're right, actually, because you think, oh, we're uh -huh. bound to beat Ipswich, blah, blah, blah. And Ipswich players off the park, didn't they? Yeah, and Ipswich yeah. was struggling against relegation, you know, and uh, we'd finished up in the top half a dozen and and you'd think we're going to win this game and we're going to win it comfortably. But not, not a, I didn't think from the first minute, well, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but take it in a context. It said, I didn't think for the first few minutes we could win that game. We just didn't seem on the park. No. Mm. You know, after the game, a lot of the players said that they were carrying injuries, didn't they? So McDonald, I think, was injured. Look, Brady was and Ricks. So um, that, that didn't help when you've got your three of your best players that are carrying injuries. And, and also, also, obviously, um, the other thing was that Paul Mariner, who, who sadly died, um, started this week, last week. Um, he played for Ipswich and, and then he joined up a couple of years later. He played for Ipswich in the, in the FA Cup final. Um, so he was on the winning team that there. But you, you can't deny Ipswich weren't, weren't the better team because they were far, far better than us mm. in the game. Yeah. They were terrible. Yeah. Good shout out on the Paul Mariner thing. Uh, so yeah, uh, respect to him and his uh, condolences to his family. Um, it came up there just briefly for a second. Uh, here we got um, the nineteen. The nineteen, the nineteen seventy nine FA Cup final. People say it is a classic. 
Uh, it was a 3-2 victory against um, Manchester United. I've watched it like I'm watching like I'm watching the game in modern day. It, it, it's played with a lot, lot more brute and force and everything else. But just winning and beating Man United for me is just the most amazing thing in the world. Boys, uh, we'll just sit here for a second, watch a little bit of this, and then we can talk about the game. So we're we're two 0 up. Uh, just watch this, watch, watch this third goal, Sunderland's goal. It's in the last minute of the game, Fergus. Watch what energy shown by is it Brady? Is it Brady? The energy shown in the 90th minute of the game at Wembley to put the ball out to look for the cross. This is terrible when it went in, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's now 2-2 yeah. to Man United for people on uh, on SoundCloud. You need to get on the YouTube and watch this. This is a great bit of footage. Uh, and if we get done for copyright, I apologise, but we don't do this for profit. Watch Brady here. Watch Brady. Look at that energy. Look That's at, the 94th oh, minute of the game. Look. Well, look at that ball. Perfect. And this yeah. one's even better. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know what, boys? I didn't Goose still bumps. see the goal. I didn't see the goal because I threw it my head in the hands from the bloody equaliser. <laughs> Possibly, but only after a heart-stopping moment when Manchester United came back quite unexpectedly. The game wasn't much good, was it really, except for the last five minutes? Well, it, it was boring because we we were we were walking it 2-0, so it was yeah, like exactly. you know, where we go for a beer after boys, it's all over, you know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we weren't. Oh, and then we were again. <laughs> do, do you recall through the beginning of lockdown when there was no football that um, some of the TV channels were showing some old uh, some old games, ITV and Sky and BT yeah. were all showing old games. And that is one of the ones I actually watched the full 90 minutes. And I do agree with you, Mark. It was, I was thinking, oh Christ, I'm really, I'm really desperate to watch a bit of football. And about 80 minutes in, I'm thinking... You know, ah, oh, I'm just giving up. But I knew the result that and how it went, and I knew the thing with my brothers being Man United fans, and I watched the last 10, 15 minutes of pure exhilarating football. It was fantastic. Uh, boys, where were you? When do you? What do you remember of it? Mark, you go first, since you were just saying how boring it was up till then. I was at the old man's watching it with him. That was it. You know, couldn't believe when the second when their second goal went in. It was just like all the, all the, everything drained from you, didn't it? It's all like oh. I can't believe this. So, Andy, I, I was, I was probably you... the same. You know, I was, I was what, nearly 12. And um, I was at home. And you know, after the disappointment of the previous year to watch us go 2-0 up yeah. and sitting there and waiting for the clock to tick on and then all of a sudden Man United score and then they score. It's like, oh, what, what, not again. You can't do this to me again. And then, uh, you know, Brady, Ricks and Sunderland combining perfectly and, and um, you know, it, it, it's a perfect ending and, and I can remember running around in the living room going, yes! Yeah. <laughs> and no doubt yeah, afterwards we went I went outside and played, played this game again with my mates and we all... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we played a game of Wembley. Yeah. Playing a game of Wembley and playing with like jumpers for goalposts. I, I, I yeah. do remember that as a kid and kicking the ball against the wall and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah memories that, that we do have in common. 1980, uh, we lost the FA Cup 1 0 to West Ham. Um, they won the World Cup. So, of course, they'd, they'd beat Arsenal. So, uh, yeah, and not really. Just before you move on from 79, mate, the FA Cup in 79 gave me one of the most stressful weeks of my football supporting career, mate, in that. We played Sheffield Wednesday in the third round, and and what jogged it in my memory was that Jack Charlton was the manager of Sheffield Wednesday, Ferguson. Mm. They were in the third division, and we played them up at Hillsborough, and it was snowy in Hillsborough, and the, the Sheffield Wednesday fans were pelting Pat Jennings with with snowballs all the time, but we managed to get a draw, and and we brought them back to Ibury, and we thought, well, we're the third division, we're going to batter them at Ibury. But it, it didn't quite work out that way. They came to Ivory. Big Big Jack got them playing well, and they drew at Ivory. So then, in them days, obviously, there's no penalties. You 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 just keep playing replays until someone bloody wins it. So wasn't it five at one point? 
Well, the second replay, there was there was there was four replays to this game to this one, Fergus. There was five games in all. Uh, no, sorry, there was there was yeah, there was five games in all, right? And the replays, they're they're playing them at Leicester, right? So I've got my ticket to go to Leicester for the replay, and then the trains go on strike, right? So there's thousands of Arsenal fans trying to get to Leicester. This is another one of them things that stuck in me head, trying to get to Leicester for for this FA Cup replay. Well, we get buses. There's there's coaches lined up outside Ivory as far as you can see, right? And we're all on the coaches. We're off to Leicester for the for the second replay. Stoney, we draw again, right? We draw again, and I've got the page open now, so I can look at it. So we've only got one day off, and then we're going to play them again in another replay, right? So, and it's back at bloody Leicester again, and the trains are still on strike. So we have to get the buses again two days later up to up to Leicester, and we're thinking this is our fourth game against Sheffield Wednesday. They're a third division side. We ain't having none of this. Do you know what happens, Fergus? We draw again. <laughs> we draw again. And then we have to wait till the following week, five days later, for the for the fourth replay against the third division side. Right? And it's at Leicester again. And the bloody trains are still on strike, <laughs> right? So we have to get the buses again. And I went to every bloody game. How the hell I did it, I do not know. My mum was pulling her hair out because I was like... I was I was 16, 17, disappearing till all hours of the morning. I worked in a in a co-op dairy, dairy, the Holloway Co-op Dairy in Seven Sisters Road at the time. So I was getting home about four in the morning, having to get up for work at like half past five, six. And it was I've never forgiven Jack Charlton for that, although I love the man as a person. God, what a what and what a what a couple of weeks that was, mate. Yeah. We had five games, I think we had, to beat um to beat Sheffield Wednesday, the third division side that season. Just a story worth telling, Fergus. I'm sorry, mate. No, no, 100%. I've got a smile on my face. One, at the thought of you getting no sleep and having to go up and down on the buses and everything else. But also, <laughs> just reminiscing of, of, of you know, a, a great memory like that. And that it's now recorded on here that somebody can actually watch it in, in many years to come. So, as I said, um, 1980, just West Ham lost one, one more thing about that. We're at not the doing time, 1980, are we at all, Andy? It was, it was a pretty, <laughs> pretty horrendous winter. And there was loads of games. And there was loads of FA Cup games being postponed, and somehow our games never got postponed. I don't know if there was a microclimate in Leicester. There's probably still snow on the ground, but these games are still going ahead. And if you look at it, we played six as, in a run of seven games. Six of them were in the FA Cup. Yeah, the pubs in Leicester had a field day that week, Andy. They couldn't stop the sellers quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> it says the 16 year old boy who wouldn't have been drinking beer at that stage. So. Oh, I was having lemonade um, shandy, Fergus. Lemonade shandy. Lemonade shandy. Yeah, bass, bass shandy, wasn't it? Bass shandy. Yeah. That's that's yeah. what you had. Yeah. Uh, we also got to a European Cup Winners' Cup final in 1980 and we lost that on penalties. Um, and that really gets us up to the end of that sort of era. I don't think much happened between uh, 1980 and 86. Unless you guys can, oh, Mark has got something. Come on, Mark. on actually going, you're going back about Terry Neal's best game. It was probably Juventus away. Yes. And you think about it because no English club had ever uh, had ever beaten them there, um, and we yeah. managed. We met, you know, Paul Vasson. Paul Vasson. Exactly. Um, it was just astonishing, wasn't it? Really, I mean, I remember listening to on the radio. No one, no one could believe, no one could believe it that we'd beaten them. So Juventus away was when then, Mark? For us uneducated people in the top right hand, uh, top left hand corner. No, I can't remember. <laughs> it was April, 19, 19, April nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Yeah. So at the end of the semi final, the trap of the cup winners' cup, just before we got beaten by Valencia. On, like, but you, you see, Fergus, you you moved on from nineteen eighty too soon, son, and. I'm not knocking you for it because, you know, nope. as you said earlier, you're, you're learning about the history here as much as, as much as you can. But 1980, we lost the cup final to West Ham, the FA Cup final to West Ham. But we were also knackered for that one because in the semi-final, we played the greatest team in the country, the league mm. champions, four times, Fergus, to get through the semi-final in 1980. We had four games against Liverpool. 
and we beat them eventually. And by the time we got to West Ham at Wembley, I reckon we were knackered and we didn't show up for West Ham at West we Ham. Didn't show up at all. That, that was a like, it switch, yeah. wasn't it? That game. The, yeah. the, the yeah. most the most memorable thing about that game against West Ham at Wembley <laughs> was really young. They all say yeah. it was a bad foul. I thought it was just a clash, to be honest, boys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Alan dived myself. Yeah, I do. Fergus, watch that on uh, Google it, mate, if you've not seen it, and put, or put it on YouTube. Uh, Willie Young's tackle on, uh, was it Paul, Paul Allen? Paul please? Allen, yeah. Paul Allen, Allen in the yeah. 1980 FA Cup final. Paul yeah. Allen. And of course, it, it, so, so we've played Leicester, excuse me, we've played Liverpool four times in the semi. Then we've, we've played West Ham in the final of the FA Cup and we're knackered and we get beat. Four days later, we're playing Valencia in a Cup Winners' Cup final and oh, we lose our penalties. And I found that harder to take than the mm. FA Cup final loss. I don't know about you, mm. boys. Yes, yeah, it's, it's terrible, hard. isn't it? It's terrible. It, it really awful. was. And also, you know, people talk about Graham Ricks taking a bad penalty, which it was. But really, you know, Brady missed his penalty as well. Mm. And not many yeah. people talk about that. He, he's the one that should have scored his penalty. He was our, our penalty taker at the time. Yeah. That's the yeah. Kempers he missed as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So Saka's in good company. Mm. He is. But just going back, just but going back before then the semi-finals, if you look at April, starting, you know, on the second of April, we 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 played three league games in a week. And one of them was against Tottenham away. And knowing that we've got to play Juventus in the Cup Winners' Cup semi-final and then followed by Liverpool. Uh, so we, we played Tottenham on the Monday because it was a bank holiday Monday. Then we played Juventus on the Wednesday and then Liverpool in the FA Cup semi-final on a Saturday. And uh, Arsenal asked Tottenham to move the game to make it a little bit easier for us, knowing what we've got coming up. And they said no. So we stuck out our reserve team and we beat them at White Hart Lane 2-1 with our reserves play, putting out a reserve team. But then... It was a dive. He dived. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andy, we cut you off there, mate. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Sorry, then, so on. In, a, in, a, in a matter of a couple, you know, three weeks, we've played Liverpool four times in FA Cup semi-finals, Liverpool away in a league game, and Juventus twice in the Cup Winners' Cup semi-final. And no wonder we were bloody knackered when it came along when we came to play West Ham. Well, in April that year, we played ten games. In April that year, we played ten games in four weeks. Mm. And like I say, six of them were semi-finals. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, we're not wonderful because we got nowhere at the end of the season. But it's a reflection of how the players were in them days and what they put themselves through for the club. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. 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 Final few sentences then. If you're looking at post um, the Cup Winners' Cup final loss against Valencia on penalties in 1980, what happens with Arsenal between then and 1986? I assume it's just like uh, the players are just getting old and retire and we go into like the 80s where we're, we're 83, people talk about 83 being one of the lowest ebbs of, no, uh, so before then, Pele came to Highbury, mate. Pele Go was on. in Highbury in 1981. With that Brazil? No, no, no. We were playing Aston Villa. Was that? He just came to visit, didn't he? Yeah, yeah I, 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 I was not he? He, he? I think he was promoting... <laughs> Um, Atari or someone like that. Yeah, it was. It was Atari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. He had, sure. a nice, he had a lovely white suit. Come on, at the start. <laughs> yeah. You see, the the problem with with eighty three to eighty six in particular, Fergus, from my perspective, and I'm going to get shot down here by these boys possibly, is that Don Howe became manager, and Don Howe wasn't a manager. Yeah. Don Howe was the best, one of the greatest coaches that absolutely in England have ever had, but he, yeah. he couldn't manage, you know, yeah. and. Uh, that's got to be part of it for me. I think that that then them low years. Yeah, he he was he was an obvious number two, wasn't he? He was a second in command, brilliant yeah. coach, but he wasn't he wasn't a figurehead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he proved that when he left Arsenal in '71. He went to West Brom and they got relegated. Mm. And you know, he struggled to be a manager at any club. 
Yeah, for me, the only, the only highlight really between 1980 and 1986 was the signing of Charlie Nicholas in 1983. You know, he, yeah, he, he, had a, he had a bit of a struggle at the start, but he liked scoring against Tottenham, which was, which you know, endeared him to the Arsenal we fans. We all like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he, he was a proper superstar that came to the club and, and he, he was like a great player in a, in a team, in a fairly average team. Yeah, it was. He, yeah. And, 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 and what's happened now, Fergus, is Andy and Mark have, have taken us through to 86, 87, mate. And that, my friend, is a perfect place to end this podcast, Fergus, because 86, 87 is a great season. Mm. It's a great season, um, you know, and and I'll just give you a little bit of a, a little bit of a taster for when we talk about 86, 87. Ian Rush never lost a game. <laughs> Liverpool scored in Fergus. Liverpool had never Liverpool had never lost a game that Ian Rush had scored in. And then came 86, 87, and we should leave it there. What do you reckon, Mark? Andy, leave it there. Definitely. Yeah, yeah plenty to talk about next time. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you, boys. boys. Thank you, boys. Thank you. Fergus, you can finish in a second, mate, because I'm thanking you as well, yeah. This one tonight, right, Andy, Mark, Fergus, although I don't really like you, Fergus, I'm going to thank you here, right? <laughs> it's, 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 it's my era, my early days of supporting the Arsenal, and I've just loved this hour and six minutes has gone like that for me. So thank you to all three of you for having that conversation. Wonderful, wonderful. Loved it. It's it's been an absolute pleasure joining you guys. I as I said at the beginning of this, and I've said it on the other ones. I've uh, totally uh, I enjoy it. One because we're talking to Arsenal and we're, um, we get on as mates and, and and it's a chat and everything else. But it's just all the stuff that you guys know. Even old man Trev, he knows some absolute rubbish, but he he does know some good stuff. If you want to know more of Mark and Andy stuff, uh, the Arsenal history telling uh, telling it like it really was. Uh, as I've been corrected several times, and Trev has, by these two very learned gentlemen. Uh, check out their website. Uh, they've got several books. Uh, Mark, you can be found on Royal Arsenal MRA, and Andy can be found on Gooner underscore AK. Uh, the next one will be 86 to 96. Uh, we have a debate on how far past that we go. I am working on them, lads. I am working on them. Um <laughs> Because there's, there's there's so much history, but it, it what, what becomes the, the closer you get into more modern times, uh, the the impact of social media, the impact of people's opinions, uh, and 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 it, it just type of blurs people's blinkers, and it, it gets a little bit harder to talk more specifically about stuff as specific as my, my one of my favourite takeaways was the forty percent attendance in Victorian times of Plum, Plumstead. I'm still about women. I'm, I'm I'm just still blown away about that. And I've been talking about these uh, to some of my friends who are Arsenal fans, and I talked to them about this one that we were recording tonight, and they went, oh, "I can't wait." As Trevor said, it, uh, it, it's his era, and he would have been twenty going uh, in '86. He was twenty, so the next one will be mm. when he was on the road listen uh trevor's past his bedtime get the ovaltine out old man uh finger looking good mark and uh mark and andy thank you very very much uh for joining us uh, i look forward to speak to you again next week thank you you've been listening to guns and yellow ribbons an arsenal podcast by arsenal fans for arsenal fans Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.